0: Welcome to Wild Tater, I'm Charles Hathaway. This is the first in a series on permaculture design. And uh, these principles that I'm going to teach are based on the book by Bill Mollison uh, called Permaculture uh, Designer's Manual. Okay, these are my words, not his. But I am approaching it from that uh, perspective of, of covering in the order he covers things in order to make sure that i don't miss anything so if you follow this entire series over time you will get you should get all of the principles that are taught in that manual okay but again these are my words these are my interpretations of what he's saying and so forth so um take it with a grain of salt in that sense but if you don't have access to that book if you don't have access to a permaculture design uh course, then I hope that this will provide you with a, a thorough education on permaculture um, without the uh, uh, requirements um, that may go with it, the the uh, assignments and so forth. Anyway, um, let's get started. Now, I should warn you too that these are not going to be posted in the order, that, uh, you know, they're... they're They're coming in the order that they come in the book, but this podcast will be part one, and then I'll have several other topics, and then I'll have, have another episode that's part two, and then I'll have several other episodes that are different topics, and I'll have part three, but they will all be marked Permaculture Design 1, Permaculture Design 2, Permaculture Design 3, and so forth, until we finish the entire course or manual. And I'm guessing that that will take at least 100 episodes Um, but I don't know. We'll see. So let's get started. Rather than fighting nature, we ought to be working with nature, using tools that nature uses and assisting nature to do what it does best, which is create natural ecosystems. If we learn to act out of thoughtful, conscious forethought, rather than man-made traditions of patterns which are designed only for aesthetics and rigid order, we'll find that everything works together in a harmonious cooperative society. Once we recognize this, we can begin to see that the functions of any member of the system go far beyond its fruit yield. Each member has multiple functions and it's limited only by our creative ability to recognize the patterns demonstrated by that member. Then as we use the patterns that we find to coach the members of our system, we can guide the evolution of both those members and the whole system to bring about a greater more abundant more robust and more permanent yield for all there's a reason that we can't or there's no reason that we can't meet the needs of both society and the natural earth in fact if we're doing things right the needs of both align perfectly we're doing ourselves a disservice when we consider ourselves as something separate from nature other than recognizing the fact that we of all creatures are in the best situation to assist in meeting the needs of the planet, its creatures, and its ecosystems. But, we're also, but we also undermine our potential if we assume that the best thing that we can do for the Earth is to leave it alone. As the most creative species on the planet, we have both the opportunity and the function of designing Earth systems using the building blocks that nature has laid out for us. If we're not actively designing for abundance and the advancement of Earth's systems, we're likely bringing about the destruction of the systems that are already in place. But before we can begin the design process, we need to understand those natural building blocks. We need to understand climate and soil and carbon and the hydrological cycles, the effects of land, shape, and material, the basics of genetics and the science and sociology of plants, animals, and human beings, Basically, we should be seeking to understand how our planet works. And every piece of knowledge that we obtain can inform our design decisions. And while the thought of becoming an expert in every field may be both overwhelming and impossible, we can become at least proficient in our knowledge of those aspects surrounding us individually. Once we start seeing the earth as a whole system with microsystems and micro-microsystems will likely begin to understand why humans do things the way that they do them. Often it's one or two factors that inform the formation and evolution of massive human systems that meet the needs of a few, but disregard the needs of the whole. Any system that benefits only one member of the system, even if that member is the human race, ought to be called into question. Not because the need isn't there, but because the needs of the other members may be neglected. This can be clearly seen in cultural agricultural practices and traditional farming techniques, which are great for producing massive amounts of food fairly inexpensively, but uh, absolutely shred the resources of the earth. It can also be seen in our Western culture's obsession with green lawns. A crop of one thing that takes heavy inputs, like weekly mowing and constant watering, and it serves little more purpose than providing soft ground and declaring status. So much of what is done in modern society can't be done indefinitely. It can't be sustained indefinitely. So why not change now? Why not develop a system that can both support human populations and provide for the needs of the earth? Monoculture is a term that means growing one crop in a designated area. It's the basic approach of modern agriculture. It also meets the needs of only one member of the Earth's system, which is humans. As a result, much of, the settlement, much of settled human lands have been depleted of their natural resources, and we've compensated for the loss of naturally cycling nutrients by using increased amounts of chemical fertilizers. And because monoculture provides a massive warehouse of, of free, goods to particular pests, pesticides have to be used. That, combined with the many human popula, uh, the many human, pollutants in the air, water, and soil, have only exacerbated the problems we already have. But we can do so much better. We don't have to waste energy. We don't have to blindly follow society's traditions, and we don't have to put our trust in politics. Leaving our problems in the hands of politicians is just a way of ignoring those problems. We need to take responsibility for our own lives. We need to take responsibility for our families. We need to take responsibility for ourselves. If we don't work towards self-reliance, we're opening the doors to self-destruction. It's our opportunity to provide a better existence for our children and our grandchildren. They don't have to rely on the government if they know how to meet their own needs they don't need to rely entirely on a corporate entity or help or the health of the economy if they have knowledge and resources to care for themselves if they know how to provide those needs directly from the earth in fact if our families know how to meet their own needs then regardless of what happens around them they will be a positive there will be a positive future for them, even a prosperous one. And with that, I'm Charles Hathaway. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Wild Tater.